0: Sound of Truth starts now. Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview as we seek to inform, inspire, and encourage you in your walk with Christ through engaging interviews of ordinary people in whom God is doing an extraordinary work. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited that you've chosen to join us. I'm excited to have my friend Brandon West on Sound of Truth Weekly Interview. Brandon lives in Gainesville, Florida. He and I met, oh, I don't know, seems like 10 years ago, probably. It's been about a decade now. Uh, and he and Shelly have been married for 15 years. They have two boys, ages 13 and 10. He is the founder and owner of FOS Creative. Started in 2013. Originally as West Designs. When I met Brandon, he was... The worship pastor at a sister church that we had helped get started. I actually, met him before they made that transition to uh, their ministry to transition to become a part of our network of churches, kind of hopefully helped them along in that process as uh, the closest church in that network to them. He's also writing a book right now. We'll talk about that more probably in our next episode. Brandon, glad to have you on Sound of Truth. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Brett, what's we'll up, man? A lot of years in the making here. Friendship for a long time, man. Excited to be with you and spending some time together. I kind of know you
0: in your young adult going into, uh, yeah, you're still a young adult. Let's, let's call it what it is. And be generous Be generous to each other when it comes to age. But uh, I don't know, you, you seemed really young when I met you. You and Shelley were, uh, I
1: guess, did you have just the one child maybe at that point in time? the uh the words that are coming to mind are hamilton uh young scrappy and hungry that's 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 what I was like when you met me
0: okay that sounds good that sounds good so you were in worship leadership you still have been leading worship various capacities until very recently i believe that's coming that chapter's coming to a uh, temporary pause perhaps is the best way to put that but you started this company, which is web design. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah,
1: we, we 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 say about ourselves that we're a strategic digital marketing agency. It's interesting that you know me both in this context and in the church context, because the journey I've been on for the past two and a half years is trying to figure out how God's weaving these two things together. And I see these two red threads that are being woven through my life. One of them is the ministry that I've been a part of for the past eighteen years, and now for the past eight and a half years. FOS has been that other thread. Entrepreneurial adventure plus pastoral ministry leads me to uh, a new calling in life. That's wonderful. I,
0: I can't wait to talk to you more about that again. I think we're going to save that for epis- the second episode we have you on, which will be next week. And um, But what I'd like to do right now is hear your story. This is one of the things we do with our guests on Sound of Truth Weekly Interviews. We ask you to tell your testimony, not just zeroing in on your conversion, but... We do want to have an emphasis on that, but we want to hear your whole whole story, your whole life story. If you're to sit down and just say, "Hey, who's Brandon West? Where are you from? What was it like growing up? How did you come to faith in Jesus Christ? At what point in your journey did that occur? What's your life been like since
1: then?" So, yeah. I think the beauty of of every testimony is that they're all uh identical and they're all completely unique at the exact same time. I remember I was applying for a teaching position once at a Christian church and or a Christian school. And they asked me, tell me your testimony. And I just literally quoted Titus three. I said, I I once was hated by others and hating others. And then the kindness of God appeared and rescued me. Mm. I was raised in somewhat of, of your traditional Christian home. My dad would send me to church camps over the summer. My mom and I were in the C and E club. I have a sister as well. And so, uh, divorced marriages in our family. And so my mom, my sister and I would kind of be on the C and E club, the Christmas and Easter club and attend some Catholic church. Sometimes attend some Presbyterian church sometimes, but really wasn't a part of like who we were. Wasn't really a part of the way we lived life. Wasn't really a part of our, our daily. Now where was this out, Brandon? Was this in Gainesville or? So I spent most of my life growing up in Orlando, actually long, long Springs, Florida. My mom had a serious back injury when I was young in life. So we moved up to Illinois, and we spent several years in Illinois uh, with her mom while she recovered. And then we moved back down here to Florida. What what part of Illinois? Because that's where I was raised. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Uh, A very small town that we lived in called Gray's Lake. Gray's Lake, up near Chicago. Yep. A lot of my family's from Chicago. Most of my family grew up in Rockford, Illinois. That's where my father and my mother met as well. Okay. Yeah. So a couple of different states that we've lived in, my dad spent a few years out in Colorado as well. And it was actually over a summer retreat in Colorado when we were going to spend, my sister and I spent time with my father in Colorado, where he sent us to this Christian camp. Super cool. Lots of zip lines and rock climbing and music nights and all that kind of stuff. Uh, The camp was called Camp Idrahaji. Stood for I'd rather have Jesus and I'll just say, as a branding agency, okay. Look, man, the people from the '80s; those were brilliant brand strategists. Okay, <laughs> Camp Iderhage, Um met a man there um, who just loved the Lord, man. Walked closely with Jesus. There was this kindness and this this joy and gentleness about him that was just infectious, infectious. And I saw in him something that I wanted. And what the Lord began to show me was he He wasn't just some super Christian. He was a Christian, and I was not a Christian. And so having grown, you would ask me, are you a Christian? Yeah, of course I am. Of course I am. But seeing in another man something that um, I admired and looked up to so much was the thing that really God used to, to convict me. And say, so you haven't yet surrendered your life to me. So at the time, I was reading through The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. And God used that to help me surrender my life to Christ. Awesome. How old were you? I would have been about fifteen, sixteen, so I think um, one of the one of the activities that Rick uh, suggested that somebody do is to write a letter of surrender to the Lord. And so I remember 15, 16 would have been probably going into my junior year. I just remember sit down, sitting down and writing this letter, like, Jesus, like I don't know what this is about, but like I I want your life for me from now on, not just my life. And I think that's when, when I saw some things start changing in my heart, changing in my life. I saw the things that I once loved, all of a sudden I didn't enjoy anymore. And the things I didn't enjoy, like reading the Bible or praying, uh, began to be things that I, I wanted to do more with my life. That's fa- fabulous. Not too long ago, I heard a pastor
0: say that a friend of his described to him in his conversion saying, I knew I was saved because Jesus changed my wanter.
1: Mm, That's super consistent, what I felt. It's interesting because it was during the same period of time that I met my high school sweetheart. Um, Shelly and I met during this this season of my high school career, and um, she got to see somewhat of the old Brandon, because I had only been a Christian probably for a few months when she met me, and so there was a lot of still— things in my life that i would be embarrassed to 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 share and talk about now um and we got to know each other i grew i grew very very quickly began to be a part of some discipleship programs and pastoral training programs and i'm like i want other people to have this and i want to do this in the church and because i was in a gigantic mega church in orlando i was basically one of the few people in the church who was actually reading our bible and so i would read my bible and say like man, this is like not exactly what I'm getting taught in this church. And so I'm doing a lot of study and getting introduced to amazing people like John Piper and John MacArthur and Jonathan Edwards and R.C. Sprawl. And I'm just like reading this deep material early in my walk with Christ and um, growing quickly. And of course that's what uh, drew Shelley and I really close together. And this moment to say like, Hey, maybe, maybe there's like a different way of like pursuing relationships that would actually honor Christ and honor one another. And, help us pursue holiness, and so we moved up here to the University of Florida. Our parents bought us two condos, Um, and so after our first year, 19 years old, we got married, moved in with one another, and we're married at 19 years old. By 21, we had our first kid, uh, and by 26, I started the agency. Wow. Wow. You did a lot quickly, comparatively, to most people these days, it seems. You know, I'm finding that we experienced life really, really quickly. My wife's mother uh, died when she was only 54 years old of rectal cancer. Um, And it was right when I started the the agency. So I would have been 26 when she passed away. And I'm just realizing like God was, God was like breaking our legs quickly in life and bringing us through these really hard things that most people don't like marriage, like having kids, like death of parents, like death of family members and, and I think what, what the Lord did with all that is just mature us very, very quickly. Um, the start of the agency is actually quite surrounded by that, that similar story. When I graduated from the University of Florida with a degree in classical studies, I was told that with a classical studies degree, I could either go teach other people what I just learned, or I could manage a Barnes and Noble. Those were my two options. <laughs> so I decided I was going to teach other people. And I joined a Christian school here in town, a classical studies school, the one that I applied for with my Titus 3 testimony. And I taught for four years. I taught Greek and Latin language. I taught Greek and Roman history. I taught mathematics and I taught yearbook. So that's where the design aspect came in. I Now, did you already have some experience in
0: design at that point?
1: You know, a little bit. While I was at the University of Florida, I had a part-time job at the Center for Instructional Technology and Training, managing this 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 lab that the faculty would come in and most of them didn't know how to use computers very well. So they'd be like, teach me PowerPoint, teach me Sony Vegas, teach me how to edit this thing. And so I learned a bunch really quickly. I learned ActionScript, which is a flash programming language. I got good enough that they moved me into the web implementation center. And the first website i ever built was for my church. Ah. First Baptist, a uh, small church, a uh, small city south of Gainesville. And I built a site for free to help out this old guy who was managing the website. And uh, that's also when I started getting involved in ministry as well. I started leading um, music. I would, I would help out on the soundboard again, serving the, this old guy who was hearing impaired. And eventually they were like, you play guitar, don't you? You play during an offering song and you should play during uh, you should play, you should lead one of the songs. Actually, you should lead a service. Actually, you should lead once a month. Actually, you should lead every single week. You're our worship guy from here mm-hmm. on out. So was so born in in a sim, somewhat similar time period. Both these these two threads that I mentioned right. being woven through my life: pastoral ministry and entrepreneurship.
0: Okay, great, great. Now let me back up a little bit. Let's let's rewind the tape some and let's talk about the conversion and the immediate impact. And how did that how did that impact your relationship? Let's say with your parents.
1: Yeah. That's a great question. Um, you know, it's a prophet has no honor in his hometown. Uh, it is difficult to be converted and be so wildly passionate about Christ and to walk back into the home and expect that things will be the same and yet different at the same time. I know one of the big mistakes I made early on in my walk with Christ was I was so passionate about my family coming to know Jesus. I wrote this 16-page letter. Um, just basically telling my whole family that they were not Christians, uh, even though they thought they were. And I attached in it uh, one of the viral sermons on the internet um, by Paul Washer called The Shocking Youth Message. I'm I'm familiar with that one, yes. I think a lot of people are. It's like millions and millions of views, right? Yeah, it it is a truly viral sermon. It is is intense. And unfortunately, what that did was immediately splinter most of my relationships with my family. Mm -hmm. And... uh, struggle since then to, to rebuild some of those relationships and communicate love.
0: Um, it's yeah, fascinating would, how a... we, we we're so zealous so often, so early, about the things we learn, but we don't temper that with patience and grace and uh, humility at the appropriate levels to be able to help us to understand the timing and letting the Holy Spirit do work rather than us.
1: I think, I think what we expect is what I just got, this person will get if I do the same thing that happened with me to them. And that's where we're, we're basically just giving up on the Holy Spirit and understanding like God engages with people in different ways by different means. Again, back to this whole idea our stories are all the same and our stories are all completely unique.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. And God is, it seems to me, God is exceedingly more patient
1: than we are sense <laughs> is, is, is one of those red threads that's being woven through every single one of our lives as well. And, um, I think particularly with relationships, particularly in the economy and the culture that we live in right now, um, with mental health and, and, uh, the lack of offense and how carefully we need to navigate these conversations. I think it's unwise and irresponsible for us to just believe that we can walk into a, uh, any conversation with guns blazing Mm -hmm. and expect God to, uh, I think it's a lot more strategic and wise for us to say, what does love look like in this context? And let me bring it as as wisely as I can. It's a good word right there. So were
0: you baptized shortly after your conversion? What, where did Believer's baptism come in for
1: you? I didn't really understand Believer's baptism at the time. They had dumped me as a baby in the Catholic church, so I was kind of like, well, what's next? Um, as I began to mature in Christ, my wife and I moved up here. We got involved in a solid theological, biblical church. I realized that it was probably uh, a good move for me to be baptized as a professing, on-fire believer for Christ. And so I went to my pastor at the time, Eric, and uh, I asked him to baptize me, and it was a really special day. It was something where that was so interesting because it was... A, at that moment, you use, you use the term believer's baptism. When you're baptized as an infant, unknowingly or otherwise, um, and then rebaptized as a believer, there's kind of this, you're, what you're saying is, I once was somebody and now I am somebody else. That's the nature of baptism. But again, being baptized twice, like you're saying, what I participated in before was meaningless. And that level of confession is just so consistent with my testimony and realizing um, that I was not inwardly who I said I was outwardly.
0: It's been great having you share your testimony. Brandon, I want to ask you to join us again for another episode that we'll have next week on what God's been doing in your life in regard to your company and the calling you have on your life. Some people think, well, he was a worship pastor. Now he owns a company. He's no longer in ministry. That would be the terminology some people would use. I think that's very unbiblical. All Christians are called to minister. In fact, Ephesians makes it very clear that the apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors, you know, all the teachers, all the five different roles they're described in Ephesians 4, verses 10, and 11, exist to equip the saints for ministry and a saint being a believer. So, one of the reasons why I invited you to come be on the podcast is, of course, you're a friend of mine. Uh, secondly, I've been real impressed with what you've been doing as a businessman, as a an owner, founder, and owner of a company, and how you have integrated your faith into that company. But not just integrating your faith into that company, giving that company a vision that is kingdom-minded and ministry-oriented, and how you bring those two together. So, uh, very excited for that, and hope our listeners will join us in that. But Brandon, thank you for sharing your testimony. Look forward to having you back again next week.
1: My pleasure, man. I can't wait
0: if you're enjoying this podcast please share with your friends thanks music is by canon and is used with permission this podcast is copyrighted by brett amirani 2021